The 49ers run the Eagles out of Philly. The Bengals beat the Jaguars and are very much still in the playoff race. And the Packers find themselves in the playoff picture. I'm Adam Wright, and you're listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome back. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power Radiate and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright with Chris Kostich, and welcome back, CJ Medeiros. He's taken CJ. a semester-long hiatus. He's been on the show on and off, but welcome back, dude. Thank you. You're very generous. I, I appreciate it. All right. Well, you did come back at a very opportune time as the league is – in a very crazy spot. So we're going to talk about um, a lot of quarterback injuries that have happened over the course of this season, starting from quite literally the first snap, first few snaps of the Jets game, uh, the Jets opening opening game. Uh, the 49ers destroying Philly, getting revenge on their uh, NFC Championship rematch from this pa- from this past season. And the Packers, they seem to be very much in the playoff picture, while Kansas City looking a little shaky lately. But we'll start with the 49ers destroying the Philadelphia Eagles. How badly? 42-19. to Brock Purdy threw, I believe it was four touchdown passes. Yeah. 14 yards. And uh, Debo Samuel with... Two touchdowns, 116 yards, um, and add a rushing touchdown to that as well. So three total touchdowns. This was an absolute beatdown. And Debo Samuel wore all black when he was walking in to this game. They wanted to they wanted to make a statement and prove that they were not going to be bullied like they were in the last game, in that uh they only won last game because Brock Purdy got injured and they were playing with their fourth string quarterback. But what do you guys think of this game? What are your takeaways? I'll start with you, Chris. 49ers talk their shit and they let their nuts drag. That's the best way I can describe it. Debo is running his mouth ever since that NFC championship game last year. He said every single corner on that Eagles secondary is trash. What he do? He went out and proved it. You know, on top of that, like, oh, oh. 49ers are easily just the best team. They they proved they're the best team in the NFL right now. Easy is that Brock Purdy is now in the lead for the MVP race as well. Very much deserved, but um, I don't necessarily think it should be CMC or it should be CMC. I don't necessarily think it should be Purdy, but that's a different story. That's a different conversation for a different time. Um, but, yeah, one of the big things for the Eagles was pass game and their secondary. Secondary got absolutely exposed. And the pass game, they didn't really get anything going in the pass game until, like, late second half. 
and that was because they had to go to the pass game. I mean, Jalen Hurts was 26 for 45. These, you still had your receivers getting going, right? A.J. Brown had eight catches, 114 yards. Devonta Smith had nine catches, 96 yards. But that's that was all basically when the game was already two scores and you had to start airing it out at that point. Um, I think the Eagles will be fine, but um, I think that 49ers just had their way with the Eagles all day. But Eagles will be fine. 49ers, best team in the NFL. All right, CJ. CJ, you're muted. I muted you. Yeah, I forgive you. Anyway, the way I look at this is that Philly, I know you're going from first in the NFC to still first in the NFC, and you're tempted to not be worried. But I just want to say something. For the Eagles fans, you uh, you lost something more than the game. You lost a little bit of credibility. Narratives are starting to form. Maybe, just maybe, you really did get lucky that Purdy was injured. You know, because because that's what, and Chris mentioned, Debo Samuel was running his mouth the entire time. And to be fair, Philly fans talked a big game too. They said, we, you know, we'll beat you anytime, anywhere. We'll beat you with or without Purdy. Well, now they had Purdy, and I'm, and let's just, let's be real. Let's speak the truth. Philly went out and got punched in the mouth. I mean, technically, Philly's most efficient runner was Jalen Hurts, who was their quarterback, who only threw like one touchdown pass on the day, and he did, to be fair, run for one, but that was pretty much it. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith went off, but but why? I mean, they had they had a good game, but it's literally just empty calories considering the fact those numbers didn't translate into a win. This uh, high-flying Eagles offense, let's face it, was held to 19 points. But the 49ers, though, I know we like to point the finger at Brock Purdy and say, oh, oh you're a system guy. You're only good because the team around you is good. That, you know, that's what everyone's been saying. You know, you're fraudulent. But is he, though? Like, is he actually, like, really fraudulent? I no, he's mean- not. I'll answer that for you right now. He's not. Yeah, you're right. I, I was going to say that, but no, no, no. For example, if you put Kenny Pickett on this offense, would he do well? Probably not. No, Adam, no, 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 no. And I, I don't have the energy to uh, argue with you. I mean, if I had a week, I couldn't list all the reasons why you're incorrect. But but no, no, no. Kenny Pickett, I don't think we've seen that offense. Zach Wilson probably wouldn't. But no, no, no. Because Purdy still he's a little more than a game manager. I mean – 314 yards, four touchdowns. Yes, having a bunch of weapons helps, but it's not like a bum can go ahead and do that. And the Niners, the Niners are a scary team. I mean, Javon Kinlaw had himself a game. You know, he had two sacks. Ambry Thomas and Jair Brown, the defensive backs, are starting to come into their own. Javarius Ward's looking all right. And on top, and as we mentioned earlier in the year, you traded for Chase Young. This Niners team is going to be a real threat to this Eagles team. And when you look at on the other side of the river, you look at the AFC and you look at how banged up the teams are and however's going to make it out of that division or that conference going to be bruised and battered, the winner of the NFC could very well win the Super Bowl. Yeah, listen, um, we we raised our objections towards this Eagles team earlier this past week. 
And we we uh, we agree. Both of these teams are electric. These are unbelievable teams that uh, should make deep playoff runs. Both of them. I think I think we can all expect them both to be playing uh, in the conference championship in January. If if not, it's a massive disappointment. I want to see a third chapter of these two teams playing. Um, our issue with with this Eagles team was with their passing game, and like we said. Once this team has to legitimately play from behind and keep up with an actually legitimate def- uh, legitimate offense, one that doesn't turn the ball over to Josh Allen, um, then you're in trouble. And that's what happened here. Now, regard- regarding San Francisco, I'm not trying to say that Joe uh, Brock Purdy isn't an elite quarterback, but... I haven't seen enough to suggest that he's not um, he's not being made to look a lot better with the weapons he has around around him. Um, you had that three game stretch where you lost three straight games against teams that weren't really that good, and um, all of a sudden he gets his toys back, and all of a sudden he's back to what he was before. Then I just can't unsee that. I can't unsee it. If he can, if now let's see a, a larger sample size down the road. If he can play, if he can play better in a few seasons when they don't have as many we- any have as many weapons and they're still competitive, okay, I'll give him the pass. But right now, I'm still a little skeptical. Adam, um, I'm gonna fight with you till the end of the f- end of time over this, man. The three games, the first one, he had him in field goal range. That's on the kicker at that point. The other two games, he's hurt. You can't leave it that close to begin with. Because sure, mistakes like that are going to happen. A, you still put him in a spot to win the game. That's the point. You were playing against P.J. Walker. Still put him in a spot to win the game. Also, don't the Browns have one of the best defenses in the league? That too. And even still, and I know you could say, okay, but but he should have won. All right, then will, will that same argument apply to all the elite offenses the Jets have clamped up? George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey. At that point, you still have uh, – you still – had your left tackle, your bodyguard, um, Trent Williams. That's you. You lose just Debo Samuel, and you live. You did lose Christian McCaffrey halfway through that game, but you got him back in the next two games. I'm sorry, but like I'm still a little. I'm not. I'm not jumping to any conclusions here. I'm just saying I'm skeptical because it was a, a small sample size. What you're saying could be true. It could be. I'm just saying that. In those three games, I cannot unsee what I just saw. In the, in the same way that I can't unsee the other games that he played very well. But he had a lot of great weapons around around him during but that when, stretch. Well, at the at this point, he's played well enough. He, I feel like the sample size is large enough at this point where he's had so many good games that should be able to cancel out these those three bad games. Those are the only three games that he that he has played without those weapons, and it didn't look great. Now it, it is a small sample size. That's what I'm what? saying. I'm, it's a small sample. It's size. a small sample size, but you know I'd rather see him when he's not on concussion protocol. Right, but that's he came out of it. Yeah, yeah now so Purdy himself was banged up too, and that's what you're conveniently leaving out. I'm not well, leaving that, that out. I'm you saying, literally didn't every, address it until Chris did. Everything you are saying could be true. I am just saying we can't we can't it just discount true. it. Thing, though. We can't be so quick to discount it. 
It's he's automatically an elite quarterback. He's automatically this. Okay, great... who said he was automatically elite? We just said that. Is he? I'd say he's top right, ten. Did I say outright and I quote automatically elite? Like I, I'm just saying I don't remember saying that. I'd I say don't... he's top ten. I'm not saying he's yeah, not. Yeah, maybe but I'm not top ten. I'm... But like, I want to see him without these weapons. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he is elite. I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying he's not fraudulent. I'm saying I'm not saying he is fraudulent. I just want to see him without these weapons for an extended amount of time because he's surrounded with more weapons than ISIS. I had the same take towards Patrick Mahomes when he when he first entered the league. He and he 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 had a, a full arsenal of weapons. He had a machine gun in Tyree Kill and a bazooka in Travis Kelsey. You lose the machine gun in Tyree Kill. Okay, you replace him with a pistol in Juju Smith-Schuster. You got by. Uh, the bazooka, Tyree Kill, has aged a little bit. Is having a down year. Kelsey, but and yeah, just the, the pistol, you, lo you lose it. You're, you're going with your hands right now. You got Marquez Valdez-Scantling, which, which is a gun that doesn't work. But doesn't this kind of like lend credence to what I said last time? Sorry, Chris, I didn't want to cut you off. You I'm just saying where I said that how offenses evolve so much to the point where quarterback can rely on weapons. Cause even Patrick Mahomes himself is looking shaky. And even still, I haven't heard anyone, especially not you refer to him as fraudulent, but he's still been a solid quarterback this year. He's thrown for 22 touchdowns to 10 interceptions and he's on pace for over 4,000 yards. He's going to end up throwing for over 30 touchdowns. And the Chiefs and, are like, it, it goes, okay. that goes back to that goes back to what Aaron Rodgers once said. Down years for me are career years for other quarterbacks. And this is a down year for Aaron, for Patrick Mahomes by his standards. He still could make it to a Pro Bowl. He's still okay. And the Pro Bowl's popularity contest. What are you trying to prove? He's still he's statistically he is worthy as he's worthy of a, po a Pro Bowl. He is worthy of that. Don't invoke the Pro Bowl argument, man. Just drop it now. Okay, Do not fine. invoke the Pro Bowl. His, Mitch fine. Trubisky I, and Mac Jones disagree. 30-plus touchdown passes does not need to mention the Pro Bowl. And you know what? Fine. And yet Tom you Brady threw for 40 touchdown passes. Was that a down year for him? He didn't make the Pro Bowl. Exactly. So why, you literally just feed your own point. So why are you invoking the Pro Bowl if the Pro Bowl is literally just such a mindless popularity contest? Like, oh, we I'm talking about what's okay, I'm not talking about what ends up happening. I'm saying he's he he is still putting up a solid season without weapons. But, right, but like Brock, I said, all I'm saying is Brock Purdy in that situation in Kansas City is he doing episode. well? Is but, he? Because I don't I don't see that. I think he'd do the same thing as Mahomes in the sense that he's going to put it in the receiver's hands and they're going to drop it. You can't fix bad receivers. I mean, you literally can't. He's I mean, not putting up like 22 touchdowns. Like I said, it literally lends to the point I made last time I was here where I said offenses evolve so much to the point where quarterbacks now need to rely on high-end weapons. The era of defensive running the ball is over. And the fact that when you have a quarterback as great as Patrick Mahomes, who is not immune to this, says volumes. I'm not attacking Purdy. I'm not attacking Mahomes. I'm just saying this is the way the NFL is now, like it or not. I agree. You need some sort of weapons, but I think you also can't rely on those. And it gets to that point with some quarterbacks where they may not be as good. They may be still solid quarterbacks, but they're not as good as the weapons are showing them to be. 
This, this is evident through Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott as well. These are very good quarterbacks, but they also have CeeDee Lamb and Justin Jefferson perennially, and they still are among the league leaders in, in interceptions every single year. They're having good years. They're still incredible players, but they throw a lot of interceptions, and when they don't have those players, they don't play nearly as well. On your point? My point is, we do not know that Brock Purdy is this good. I well, Once again, that, that's, that's great that we don't know that because I never technically said he was. Okay. I mean, you're literally trying to defeat a point that I didn't make, but whatever. He's trying to I, defeat a point was, that was, I've made. Yeah. Okay. It was more I, I, I thought it was directed at me. I'll, I forgive you. Yeah. Well, I, I, ended up, I ended up more stepping away because I thought it turned into you two going at each other, so I kind of just stepped away. <laughs> Why don't nah, we why don't we focus a little bit more on the game for a couple more minutes before we end the before we end this segment? Uh 49ers and the Eagles. So they've both traded blowouts here. The only difference is Philly did it without uh when the 49ers were playing without Brock Purdy. They were playing with Josh Johnson for a couple and it was a one-score game up until the end of the first half and it was a two-score game up until basically the fourth quarter. Um they have a great supporting cast. Philly does as well. And I also I want to try to make the argument here or I'll I'll make the argument that things aren't as bad as they seem for Philly right now. I don't think they are. This isn't a test on which team is better. On uh this is a this is a test about if the 49ers could answer what just happened back in January that they weren't as bad as we thought they were. I think we are going to figure out um, that Philly can still hold their own in January. I'm not saying that they aren't. You know, they you know, they were down in this game and they couldn't come back. Yeah, it was against the 49ers. They were also down the last two weeks, and they had to make a comeback the last two weeks prior to this past weekend. So, you know, it. I, I'm not going to say that they can't play from behind, you know, you know, I think that the 49ers are just the best team in the league, and it wasn't Philly's day. Yeah. Uh, CJ, you're also muted. Can you yeah. turn the – Can you? is there a way you could turn the gain down on your mic? It's just picking up everything. The what? Uh, how's this? Does this work? How's that? Uh, I can still – it's still pick, picking up a lot. Um, this one. I don't know. There's two knobs on the thing. I can like adjust. I can. I don't know. It's a powerful thing. So how does it sound? It sounds better now. A lot. All right. I just. Anyway, sorry about that. Anyway, we'll we'll work on it later. But my point is about Philly. It's not that you lost. It's not even about who you lost to. It's about what can you do after this loss. And Adam. And Chris, as Pats fans, we've seen this before, where our teams have been flying high, specifically in 2018, 29, uh, 2015, 2019, and to a lesser extent, 2021, where they go on a win streak, they get hot, they get there's one game that they drop that they have no business losing, you know, they just get punched in the mouth, and then then all of a sudden you can't stop the bleeding. You know what I mean? All of a sudden you drop like five out of your last seven. I mean, you're still, like, around the number one seed, but it's not the same. You know what I mean? 
for yeah. Philly, it's going to be about how do you stop the bleeding. It's about you just got punched in the mouth because they have one other loss, and that was to the Jets. But even still, that was a one-score game. You did not get blown out. Here, you just got blown out. So for me, the question is, it's not about who's the better team. It's about how does Philly respond? It's not a test of physical toughness. It's a test about mental toughness. And if you can bounce back, you can go out and uh, next on their schedule is another toughie. You're going to be in Dallas. If you can go out, you could beat Dallas. You should be fine. I'm glad you, you bring Dallas, that up. Then maybe that could be a little dicey. It's no big indictment, but maybe. I'm glad you brought that up because Dallas has won 14 straight home games. And they're all, they've also become red hot themselves. And um, the, one of those wins was against you, the Philadelphia Eagles. So they have proven that they can beat you in the regular season at home when they are in their house. So I wouldn't rule out they've this is the, this is just the Eagles second loss. I wouldn't rule out another one of those. Although could happen uh this next week they got uh they got know. Cowboys on Sunday night football. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If they're going to lose another game, it's going to be against Dallas because Dallas is hot and they don't lose at home lately. So that's a game that I could see. I I could very much see them, um, them losing as well. After that, it gets softer. They have the Seahawks, Giants, Cardinals, and then Giants again. So, if they're going to lose another one, here it is. Um, and it they could still make another run because they lost to them last year and they ended up back in the Super Bowl. So, I think they'll be all right. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're gonna move on. So you know, on Monday Night Football, you, uh, the Bengals, without Joe Burrow, are still in the playoff hunt at seven and six. If you can believe it, that's next. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, and Chris Kostich. All right. Monday Night Football was a classic. It was an incredible game. Went to overtime, game-winning field goal, all of that. Uh, the Bengals beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence were going at it. Did I say Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't them. It was their backups going back and forth. So C.J. Beathard for the Jacksonville Jaguars and Jake Browning for the Cincinnati Bengals. Browning threw for 30, 334 yards and a touchdown. Um, and Trevor Lawrence did play for most of the game. He threw for uh, two touchdowns, 258 yards. 
Uh, Beathard went went nine for ten for sixty three. Um, but guys, this has been an unbelievable year where uh, players are just getting hurt left and right, particularly quarterbacks. Let me go through the list real quick. Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins, Anthony Richardson, Trevor Lawrence now, Daniel Jones, Ryan Tannehill. All starting quarterbacks going into this season, and now they are gone. That is eight, which is which makes up a quarter of the league's starting quarterbacks, by the way. Never mind the starting quarterbacks, just a lot of players in general getting hurt. It's just a weird year for the NFL. Yeah. It has uh, – I mean, I there's always been injuries that have been involved to some extent, but I don't remember it being like this, where there's quarterbacks be, getting hurt every week, it seems. And I don't know what to blame it on because this week – Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he just had his ankle stepped on. You can't blame it on the turf. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you really can't blame that on the turf. Oh, and Lord knows people will try. But anyway, the thing is with the, uh, let's just pivot over to, for me, uh, you know, the Bengals-Jags game, right? I just, I, I don't know. I I genuinely don't know how to react because I feel like this is something we may have, you guys may have expressed while I wasn't on the show, but when you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're, they're good. Don't, don't get me wrong. You know, they're first in the AFC South. They're now eight and four, but I feel like the record might be a little deceiving. They're a very underwhelming eight, eight and four. Cause I mean, off camera, we've spoke about this quite a bit about how this Jaguars team that has Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, and Evan Ingram feels kind of sluggish. It's like they're not blowing teams out the way they should on paper. And I don't know why, but but uh, let's just take a quick look. So you narrowly beat the Texans, who, I mean, they're good, but still they have a rookie in C.J. Stroud that you only beat by three. You lost to the Bengals, who were starting, what's his name, that, Browning guy, what's his name again? Jake Browning. Yeah, Jake Browning. Yeah, you lost to them. You know, you beat the Titans, but you know they're the Titans. You get violated by the San Francisco 49ers. You can only beat the lowly Steelers by ten. You can only beat the lonely the lowly Saints by seven. And that's their last six games. What is going on? Like, I mean, they're winning, but they're not. But they're not convincing wins. And with Lawrence out, what do they say? High ankle sprain? Yeah, uh, as of three Something hours like ago, just a high ankle sprain. Uh, wouldn't put a timetable on Lawrence's recovery, but didn't rule him out for this week, and it's not season-ending. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, I'd say but, at least he's going to be out the next game. And the but, high ankle, high ankle sprain, he's going to be out for at least But Christian yeah. Kirk is basically done for the season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. That's even worse. And now that Christian Worse. Kirk is gone, no, hear me out. Teams can now just double-team Calvin Ridley to their heart's content. And unless Evan Ingram or whoever the hell else they have feels the need to step up, I'm not going to make any grand predictions, but even though you're 8-4, and four, Indy and Houston are both 7-5. and five. 
yeah, Jaguars are in trouble. It's probably the best way to say it, I I guess. Um, Trevor Lawrence, even if he misses a couple weeks, you got to imagine he's going to end up coming back too early so then they can make this last push for the playoffs. It's week 14, you know. We already got teams that are starting to clinch the uh, playoff spot now, right? So Jaguars, if it really gets down to it, they might end they might end up putting Trevor Lawrence back in too soon, which could really hurt them. On top of that, Christian Kirk's done for the year. Although if they make the Super Bowl, he'll be available for it, but it's not going to matter because they're not going to make the Super Bowl. Uh, and on the Cincy side, Jake Browning, Washington legend. He's a Husky. Remember that one. Only five incomplete passes on 37 pass attempts. That's impressive. Impressive. 354 yards on what? His third third start? Unreal. Joe Mixon came alive. Two touchdowns. Jamar Chase, 11 catches on 12 targets. Almost 150 yards. Mm. Bengals got themselves back into the playoff race basically they're back in the hunt and someone's got to get that six or seven seed someone's got to get it and it might just be it might just be jake browning and the cincinnati Bengals. not saying that's going to happen but someone's got to get that six or seven seed all right look they are mathematically still in it but who do I feel has more of a chance to get those six and seven seeds? Uh, I think Denver has a lot of good momentum and they have good talent and they still have a healthy starting quarterback. CJ Stroud and company, they're seven and five. Um, Gardner Minshew and co, I don't believe in them too much. Uh, Cleveland has a ferocious defense, but forget a bit, forget about it with DTR and, and uh, PJ Walker. And I, honestly give Buffalo a little bit of be- of a better shot. They that have their starting quarterback. Alive. That offense has come alive since they fired Ken Dorsey, surprisingly. I'm just I'm like it's just I want to believe in the Bengals, but you just can't. That like they're not even if they do make the playoffs, they're not going to do anything in it. Like all of their Super Bowl hopes hinged upon Joe Burrow's health and now he's gone. I mean, they're basically punting till next year. Like the the locker room may have some energy, but the front office knows damn well where this team's going. Well, yeah, obviously, but it doesn't mean the team still can't play at a hundred percent and make that run. They can make the run. Teams they play, can. They, teams play to win. Organizations don't give a care. Don't give a crap. You're right. They they're going to try because they're foot it's football they're it's they carry that off, uh, us against them mentality but they're not going anywhere they're just not well, the and way the AFC is though someone's got to get that last seed the last seed maybe but then what about when they when they get there who cares someone's going to have to get it they're not making a run in the playoffs but you know, you made the playoffs. Houston could get it. Denver yeah, could get Houston it. Houston could get it. Houston Buffalo could also could win get the it. division. They could. At this point, maybe, because now Trevor Lawrence is out with a high ankle sprain. I think we are over I think we are over, uh, underestimating just how bad high ankle sprains can be. Yeah. Especially with I mean, 
it's not often where you see a player like Patrick Mahomes coming back from a high ankle sprain. And it's, it's just night and day. I definitely, I'm telling you, that was such a misdiagnosis. It was obviously a, a low ankle sprain. Such a misdiagnosis there. Because if you have a high ankle sprain, those, you don't come back from for a few weeks. At least a few. It could be seven. So, uh, yeah, you might be right. Houston might be taking this division now. A week after we thought that they had it locked up, the unthinkable happens. They lose Trevor Lawrence, their star quarterback. It really stinks. I can't stand injuries. But I'm just saying, the way it goes with backup quarterbacks, unless your name is Nick Foles in twenty, in specifically the year 2017, in the month of January, it doesn't work out that way. It just doesn't. All right. I think we've covered this quite enough. I want to move on to the Packers, who, with their starting quarterback, are now starting to look like the Packers of old with Aaron Rodgers. We'll get into that next and what it means for, about the Packers for this season, but also the future for this organization. That's next. This is the Fumble Ruski Podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Ruski podcast. I'm Adam Wright. CJ Medeiros, Chris Kostich. All right, we have reached the Sunday night football portion of this show between the Packers, who are visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. Rather, other way around. Chiefs were visiting the Packers. Um, Yeah. Packers pull off the upset 27 to 19. They were home underdogs in this matchup. And Jordan Love, don't look now. This guy is having statistically on pace, statistically a, a better season than Aaron Rodgers in his first year starting in the league. And not only that, statistically, that's one thing. On top, like on top of that, this team is competitive. They are six and six, and their remaining schedule is an absolute joke. They have the Giants next, then the Buccaneers, then the Panthers, then the Vikings, and then the Bears. That is an absolute joke of a schedule, and this team could very easily finish eleven and six. And don't look now; they're doing it without an offensive line. But don't look now; it looks like they ha- they have found their third straight franchise quarterback, back to back to back, going all the way back to the early 90s. On Kansas City's side, we'll get to that in a minute, but I wanted to touch on the Packers first. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, this this Packers team is hot. They've won four of the last five now. I mean, and this is the thing. Like, 
with Jordan Love, this is now three straight games without a turnover. Back-to-back games where he has three touchdowns. And let me remind you guys that this is also the fourth time this year already that Jordan Love has thrown for three touchdowns this season. And in his last five games, thirteen hundred, almost four, 1,400 yards, averaging eight yards per reception, 11 touchdowns, two interceptions. And those two interceptions came against a very good Pittsburgh defense where they lost 23-19. to 19. Jordan Love could very well put the Packers in that six or seven spot. Like I said with the AFC, someone's got to get that six or seven spot. The Packers can do that. If Jordan Love can keep playing the way he's playing, the defense is also playing a lot better than what they've used to play when they had Rodgers at the helm. You know, the Packers can definitely get the – they're getting the wheels going. And with the schedule that he put out at them, they can make themselves an 11-6 and six team. I'd say more 10-7, if anything, at the high end. But someone's got to get that 6-7 seed, man. I think the Packers can do it. They already have it right now, actually. I forgot well, to mention Well, that. there you go. I think that they'll sit there. I think that they'll just sit there. Nice and pretty. Well, let's gain some let's gain some ground. How about the sixth seed? They're they're percentage points away from uh the Vikings. Yeah, and the, and they're gonna pass the Vikings. The Vikings aren't gonna last very long. I don't think they are either, because I don't think Josh Dobbs was the answer the entire time. Nah, I mean, Josh Dobbs is a great feel-good story, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, he's not the answer. We've mentioned numerous times that, uh, you know, these backup quarterbacks, this is like that Nick Foles miracle run, or once in a blue moon you get someone like Tom Brady, then no, nine times out of ten, backups are backups for a reason. And when we look at the Green Bay Packers, think about who else that they've beaten. They're on a three-game win streak, you know, so they just beat the Chiefs. Before that, they march into Detroit and beat the Lions on Thanksgiving, where, you know, the Lions, who I believe are currently leading that division. And then before that, you beat the Packers, who record-wise aren't great, but they're, I'd say, bigger than the sum of their parts. But, but you know, you kept Justin Herbert and company to 20 points. You know, that's nothing to sneeze at. So, I, so they're not terrible, obviously, but... And, you know, I guess you could say that the Chiefs-Packers game, even though you kind of just outlasted Kansas City, it was a bit of a statement win. So at the end of the day, if you're the Packers and you look at your paper soft schedule, you should be fine as long as you know you don't fall into any of those trap games, which let's face it, we're sports fans. You know, trap games are a real thing. And, ah, man, they're a pain when they happen. But Green Bay... You could get the sixth seed. The ball is in your court. And if you fall apart, then Jordan Love might not be the answer. But if you get in, if they get into the playoffs, I fully think there's an outside chance they could make some noise because we all know the top dogs are Philly and the Niners and the Lions and, you know, the (laughs) the Falcons, if you can believe it. But, but, I mean, look at who's else competing for the wild card. You have the Dallas Cowboys, the L.A. Rams, the Seahawks, Minnesota Vikings, 
So when you look at the Packers, I just want to look at them and say, why not them? I mean, I'd say they're better than most of the teams I mentioned. Well, obviously, except for Dallas, I'd say they're better than the Rams. They're like a little better. They than already C- beat the Rams five games ago, CJ. They are. Yeah. Hence why, I mean, a little better. I mean, just on paper, the Rams, I feel like the Rams have like, the Rams are top heavy. You know, they have a little more talent. I'm just talking about on paper, calm down. Packers are obviously better than the Vikings. I'd give them the edge over Seattle. And they're better than anyone in the abysmal, just dumpster fire that we could call the NFC South. So for the Packers, once again, why not? Just avoid the trap games. Just keep playing out your plan. Just literally just stay the course and you should be fine. Yep. Yep. But oh God, if you I collapse, I'm never going to let you hear the end of it. I second that. I second that, CJ. Why not the pack? Yeah. Yeah, why not them? Yeah. Yeah. Why can't the cheese be just another type of cheese? I, I don't like Swiss cheese. More of a cheddar guy. That's because you haven't had it the right way, I've decided. What? Well, what's the right way? I don't know. Melt it on a Cuban. You're welcome. Oh, that's an idea. Cheese melted is the only way. I can't. The only cheese I can eat alone is American cheese. You Anything are else? Cultured. You are on. Un- you know what? No, I mean, we're not going to debate American this cheese, cheese the because only you know cheese you can have. Like alone, I mean, like just hold, hold eating a slice. You can't just eat a slice of cheddar cheese. I can't do that. We should. But just, I think on we a should burger, get back on topic because you know this isn't a Packers podcast. Yeah, yeah. cheese. I did a fun. Yeah, book. but they have it's a block yeah. of Swiss cheese. It's like I don't know. Well, like, I mean, if it's just a block of cheddar cheese, it's just a big yellow square. So I, I kind of understand. I, I get it. All right. Next we have trivia and then week 13, top three, bottom three, all by Chris Costich, our special co-host. This is next. You're gonna call me a special guest, weren't you? No, unreal. Force of habit. Oh, right he's now. special, all right. Force of habit. You were you were a guest on our show like yeah, eight times yeah. before go to, go to you break. became a co-host. Go, yeah, go to break. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power Radiate and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros and Chris Kostich. All right. Our co-host, Chris Kostich, our longtime co-host, who has been a co-host for a very long time. Not and even. has definitely never been a guest on this show ever. So how dare I ever <laughs> use have use a, a muscle memory or speech memory, whatever it's called. Nah, here's the thing. That was the first this is the first time that's ever happened in the what is it, December? The three months that I've been here. That's the first time. I, that's impressive. That I appreciate it's only it. the Thank first you. time. Thank you. I appreciate Matt, it. We're gonna it'll be fine. 
I'll I'll work I'll work on it for for real though. Um, yeah, one slip up. It, it all was right. all right. Take us fewest, away with your trivia. Fewest points allowed since week nine. Um, CJ, since you're returning, I'll let you go first. So so it's a uh, scoring defenses, right? Basically, fewest points allowed since week nine. Yep. Well, I would assume New England's up there. Yep. 46 points allowed. They have allowed the fewest amount of points since week nine. And they're over. And not one win. Jesus. And they've lost all four games. They are. Hold on, Adam. The Patriots are the first team since 1938 to allow 10 or fewer points in three straight games and lose all three of them. Oh, that's just horrifying. Uh, 1938, FDR was in office. Oh, my God. Adam, your guess was the 49ers. They're second at 49. Yep. 49. How about that's 49ers scoring 49 points. That is really something. And also being one of the best teams in all of football, but we won't hold that against the Patriots. Um. (laughs) 49ers right. are 4 0 since week nine. CJ, your turn. Ah, uh, there's a few I'm debating. Uh, I might, you know, go out on a bit of a limb here, perhaps, and say maybe the Texans, perhaps. I don't know. Not the Texans. Ah, well, that hurts. Okay. Your turn. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, the Eagles have gotten into a couple shootouts. I won't go with them. Um, how about the Chiefs? I think the, the Chiefs have had one of the better scoring defenses in football. Chiefs are a top five defense in football, but they have are not top five in fewest points allowed since week nine. Damn, I literally saw this post. <laughs> um, CJ, your turn. Uh... San Fran's been on a bit of a hot streak. What about them? Adam already guessed them. Oh, sorry. I'm not paying attention. I'm sorry. I'll forgive myself. Uh, yeah, you better. Well, all right. The Jets? Not the Jets. Suck I thought it's not a bad guess, though. It's not a terrible guess. I hear Adam typing in the background. I swear to God, Adam. If you're looking up these answers, I am going to... <laughs> Come down to your hometown and whoop your ass. I know where you live, buddy. Uh, the fact I hate that you know where I live, <laughs> and you can actually and you can legitimately say you know where I live. Yeah, um, as a legitimate threat, I'll just lock my doors and let the dog out. Yeah, I'll probably show yeah. you a toy and wiggle. Um, all right, I'm gonna go with because because the Chargers are always involved in some of the weirdest stat anomalies of all time. I'm going to mention them. You're going to go with the Chargers? Yes. No. No. The Chargers are one of the worst defenses in the league. CJ, your turn. Uh, Could it be, I don't know, screw it, the Bills. Not the Bills. Is Give me Dallas. Like... Not Dallas. Miami's defense has been good. I'll give you a hint. The uh, last three, what? I said, uh, before you give the hint, Miami? Yep, Miami. They've allowed 62 points since week nine. Their record three and one. 
So it's currently two to one. Steelers. Sunday. What? Steelers. Steelers. No. Did I? I say. Did I say them? Uh Okay. Okay. Uh No, can't be them. Well, I'm trying to. I'm really trying to rack my brain here. Could it? Uh, well, that game would, um, no. Indy? Indy is correct. CJ with the win again. Adam mm. continues to stink at trivia. <laughs> Colts, 67 uh, points allowed yeah. since week nine. They are 4-0. Colts, extremely underrated defense. That is going to be the lesson learned from this uh trivia is that the Colts have an extremely underrated defense and the fact that you said that the Colts weren't going to make the, a wild card spot someone's got to get that six or seven spot Adam and I think the Colts also have a great chance at that they could they could it would be easier if they had Anthony Richardson but it would be um, and Shaq Leonard maybe I just have something against career backups and maybe I just hold that grudge because Nick Foles lit up the Patriots in the Super Bowl well, well, Gardner Minshew hmm. is a dog, so he all right. And I don't know. Everybody thought he was good that one time. It's like, ho, oh, oh, ho, funny mustache. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right, Chris. Take it away with your top three, bottom three. Let's hear it. Week 13, top three, bottom three, uh, 49ers. Uh, talk their shit. Let their nuts drag. That's <laughs> Bengals. It's supposed to be a family show. <laughs> Whatever. Bengals, they kept themselves in the hunt. And uh, Browning with a career game, said this earlier, maybe they get one, that six or seven spot. Someone's or the five spot. Anything could happen, man. Uh, and the Packers. Jordan Love is playing like a top five QB right now. Three-game winning streak, one four of the last five. I'm not saying he's a top five QB, but he's playing like one right now. He's not a top five QB. He's playing like one right now, though. Thoughts for Aaron Rodgers, baby. Rodgers. I just wish that. I just wish that meme hit. That should have. That thing should have blown up. I blame the Instagram algorithm. Yeah, it sucks. You already know how I feel about it. Yes. So, so what are you guys' opinions on the top three? Or do you not have any opinions and just go straight to the bottom three? That one. Um, I will right, we'll go to the bottom three. I was gonna say something. So right, say something then. All right, listen. Um, the Bengals. They they surprised me, and uh, I they have a good team around them to the point where a career backup could play very well. Um, so yeah, either way, good win for them. But the Packers, this wasn't just a win for this week. This is a win for their next 20 years. They found their next guy. I, I firmly believe they found their next guy. And I the Packers can't keep getting away with this with the way they mistreat all of their quarterbacks. And I'm very excited for their one ring in that next span of 20 years. So... That's going to be fun. But either way, they found their next guy. So they're going to be in some conference championships. They might make a few Super Bowls. They may mess around and win one. But this is this is huge for their franchise. 
Anything you want to add, CJ? I'm assuming not. Nah, no. I mean, so far, so good. Bottom three. Uh, first time that we've had a top three, bottom three, where two teams from the same game made it to the bottom three. I can uh, only guess. You stole my line there from the yeah, from the yeah, group I chat. did. Um, from the group chat, but whatever. Never in fumble ruski history has this ever happened. Yep. Uh, Patriots and Chargers. We'll start with the Patriots. Officially, this is. I think this is officially rock bottom. They literally couldn't move the ball on one of the worst defenses in the league. But I think the, the big thing to take away is that this Patriots defense is one of the more underrated defenses in the league. Grand, they have played some pretty crappy teams, but they're at least keeping the Pats in the game. They're, the defense is at least keeping themselves in the game. Uh, the Chargers, uh, they just took part in one of the worst games of all time. Brandon Staley needs to get fired, like, now. I can't believe he hasn't been fired yet. That defense is so awful. And, I mean, congrats. You let up zero points to the Patriots, who have the worst offense in the league. But you probably also shouldn't have only won 6 nothing. Granted, the weather was really bad. And I was at this game, too. So even more reason to get these two teams on the bottom three. The only reason I tuned into this game was because I am rooting for a top pick in this draft. The only I am reason rooting, I am I, my rooting interest is the opposite of what most sports fans want. Actually, another reason for the Chargers to be on the bottom three is that I didn't even care that the Pats sucked. I wanted to go. I was happy to go see Justin Herbert, Eckler, Keenan Allen. They did. They didn't do jack squat. I, I had Justin Herbert in fantasy. They belong here. I just, I sat in the cold rain for nothing. For diddly squat. Uh, last team, Jets. Should have just stayed with Zach Wilson. No matter what way you look at it, they should have just stuck with Zach Wilson. And now you got the reports coming out that Zach Wilson doesn't want to go on the field, which I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to play for a guy that doesn't believe in me. Doesn't that that hates me? Robert Sala hates Zach Wilson. Robert Sala should get fired. Whoa. Yep. I don't know, man. That might be taking. Uh, I mean, I nope. am far from nope. a Jets apologist, but I'm a bit of a Sala guy. I used to be a Sala guy, but no, no. Honestly, I'm a not a big Zach Wilson guy. I just don't like Zach Wilson. No, I know Zach Wilson was a mistake. He was never going to be good. Let's no, be honest. but Let's damn the truth. But damn, what do you really good. think that He's Tim Boyle and Charles Sinian are the England. answer? They're worse than Zach Wilson. Yeah, you know what? This is all because Rodgers went down. Let's be honest. It is. As much as it I hate is. the Jets, as much as I hate Aaron Rodgers, like this is literally it. So the I don't know. You're, Zach Wilson is, I don't know, call him Biden because it's Jover. Okay. It is Jover. The but craziest Zach Wilson gives you your best chance to win with Rodgers out. The craziest part about this is it's that Robert win. Sala wants the craziest part about this whole thing is that Robert Sala wants to put Zach Wilson back in, but according to reports, he doesn't even want to. Exactly. Like he doesn't I don't blame want him. to come back in because he gets so much verbal abuse from the media. Well, you're in New and York. That's too bad. I'm sorry. The number one thing as an athlete, the number one cardinal sin is listening to the haters, listening to the media. In NBA terms, Ben Simmons was a prime example of that in Philly. 
This is jump off topic. That's how it is. I agree. You never do that. And look, and I know New York media is somehow even more ruthless than Boston media. I think we're agreeing on a lot more than you think, CJ. I forgive you. But Uh, can I please finish making my point? Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Listen, and it just goes back to one of Zach Wilson's Wilson's weaknesses, which believe it or not, there are very few. Though just the ones that he has are the ones that, that make or break his whole career. Um, let's this not forget the Jets has, O-line sucks. This guy has some incredible abilities, something that we saw early in the, in the season in that game against, against Kansas City. He went toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers and actually did well, which shows how much potential he has. Only problem is he's an idiot. He's an idiot, he's stupid, and he's mentally weak. He didn't even remember last remember remember last year. I forget which game that he was playing in. It was the post it was the post game press conference, and one of the reporters asked if he takes if he takes responsibility for the loss. After throwing like two picks, he said no, no, I don't. Mentally weak, you can't take responsibility for your team. That's a bit of a problem. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pump the brakes on you there, Adam. He's a much different person this year. He has taken a lot of blame this year. If you actually it. watch those press conferences. He is a lot different player than he was last year. Not saying that he didn't say those things, but now that like he's actually taking the blame for the offensive struggles this year compared to last year. <sighs> okay, sure. No, no, yeah, he, he actually took the blame. has to an extent, but he's, he's, he's either one. He has. Doesn't... That's the point. Is that he has? He's just... taking... It doesn't matter that he has if he's still literally because of the blame. There shouldn't yeah. be any blame to tank. Cool. Take because if he was good, then you wouldn't be in the situation. Cool. Now he's taking the blame and he doesn't want to go back in. So like that that's I feel like that's just as bad. Like I mean, your boss want your boss needs help. Like, damn, that's crazy. Good luck, though. You're yeah. a professional athlete. You are the number one, number two overall pick by your team. Well, you are playing Robert, out, you are living out your dream. Apparently. And now Robert, you don't want to go out there because things are getting hard. That's not a good look for you. No. And what what even is the rest of their schedule? Let me let, let what, you, the rest, what are the games that they need them to play? Against the Texans, okay. Against the Dolphins, okay. The Commanders? You're telling the number 2 overall pick can't beat the Commanders? The Browns without with whoever the hell they have at quarter at starting quarterback, the Patriots who can't who can't even score right now? Hmm. Just say about three wins. Like if, if you were the number two overall pick, you shouldn't be afraid of any of these teams. You shouldn't. CJ Stroud was the number two overall pick. He's doing pretty well. Now, I will say Robert Sala did go on a press conference yesterday, immediately after those claims were made, and said that he had a long top talk with Zach Wilson. He won. Like, that's the also the other thing, too, is that if Zach Wilson didn't want to go out and play for the Jets. He wouldn't be on the Jets right now. He'd be somewhere else. He would have been gone five weeks ago, six weeks ago. Or even released altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Well, um, just, I guess, getting to our thoughts on this list. We've given our thoughts on the, on the Jets, certainly. Um, I had one on, yeah, 
having two teams on the same exact in the same exact game just speaks to how putrid the play around the league has gotten. Mm. It's it really is that bad. And I did have a thought, but I completely forgot it in the rant, in the absolute battle that we just had about Jets quarterback Zach Wilson. <laughs> um, so we'll just we'll just move on. Let's just go go to the fan box. All right, Fumble Ruski fan box. We post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more. And we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. All right. So getting into these responses. Um, here we go. And we are going to lead off with Patrick Williver. And he said, Patrick Williver. What do you, and, and Marcus. Oh, okay. So you put both. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they both said, and Marcus Morales said Dak Prescott. And I got to say, like he's, putting, like he's putting up the numbers and the team's winning. And I am glad this is this wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for him to win. Because it's not only a quarterback-driven award, which this wouldn't solve that issue. I'll tell you what issue it will solve, which is that recently – the team with the number one, the number one seed, with one of the top seeds, is always the team that gets the league MVP. Mm. This breaks that narrative because they're a wild wild card team right now, and it hasn't happened often. If you think about it, I think the last time that it happened, where a team that wasn't a number one seed had an MVP, it was Pat. Uh, it was Matt Ryan in 2016. Before that. It was Adrian Peterson in 2012. Then that's it. I'm pretty sure the next one is nah, in Steve McNair and uh, Payne Manning were co-MVPs. In, back in 2002. 2003. 2003. Either way, right. co-MVP three is stupid. Three, ta- three times. Sorry. That's, just, th- that's three times in the last quarter century. Sorry, I just wanted to Can we to even count the co-MVP? It's so stupid. It really no, is. No, it's not. It literally is. Put then why haven't we done it Steve since? McNair's name right now. No. What? Uh, I, well, wanna, I, mean, I, I like him, but no, no. That's no. That's the just, that, it's not man. even a Steve Mc, It's not even Steve McNair thing. I actually like him. I just I just think co-MVP is stupid. For example, can you imagine if the United States elected a, a co-president? No, you wouldn't because that would be stupid. All right. Let's let's move on. Conrad Sper, uh Conrad Sperry said Jalen Hurts. No. I I'm, I don't no. see it. I, I like Hurts, but I don't Dak see Pres- it. I'll put Dak Prescott over Jalen Hurts for MVP. And Regrettably, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll argue for it since you guys don't see it because a lot of people do see it. Um, The guy is having a pretty good season. And okay, this is, is what, he having this, a pretty good season or is he having an MVP Compared to season? Dak Prescott? This is, what you, this is what you get from a dual-threat quarterback. A quarterback who doesn't who doesn't inflate the passing statistics, but puts up a balance of a little bit of both. No, but his rushing wins touchdowns them. are are uh Christ, what was the word that you just used? Uh, inflated. Inf- his rushing mm. touchdowns are inflated. All 
pretty much all of his rushing touchdowns are one yard QB sneaks. Don't get me started. No, no, no. So the what? It's push. still if a ever, rushing touchdown. Touchdowns Sir, are touchdowns. Remember what Nick Sirianni said. If everybody it's still could a rushing do touchdown, it, but yeah. everybody would do it. And he's yeah, done it nine times. Do it. Well, yes, you want it banned too, or what? I don't want what it. What was that? No, I'm talking to Costage. We- so what? If you're going to take umbrage to it, why don't you say what you really think and say you want it banned? I don't know what. I don't want it banned. I don't want it banned. I don't know what So then why are you whining about it? I think that's two different things. So so what? So what if they're all one yard rushing touchdowns? The rushing touchdowns are. All right, then why isn't any other quarterback doing it? If it's just that easy to inflate. Let me me give you a hot take. push is not an individual play. It is a team play. The ultimate team play. Which is why I don't think that an individual or a team play should go into so much. I mean, yeah, you can, that's a rushing touchdown for Jalen hurts. I'm not taking that away from him, but when you look at most of those rushing touchdowns, they're on the touch push. Let me see the rushing touchdowns where he got from more than five yard or more than one yard, five yards, 10 yards. You don't think he's capable of it? No, I'm not saying that he's not capable of it. I'm he just, just did it a couple weeks ago against against Buffalo. He I'm ran not saying he's not capable yards of it. Out. I'm saying that it's all washed out by these. You, you're not seeing him do it as. I'm saying that most of his rushing touchdowns are mostly from the tush push. You don't. You haven't seen him much doing the shit that he did against Buffalo. It's part of my language, but no, you get what I like. What that was once the first time for most of the year that he did that. Um, I, I mean, I guess we're just going to disagree on this, but it's like, I mean, it doesn't matter if it inflates his stats. It doesn't matter what you think because it literally just will still go, you know, it will still just count as a rushing touchdown for him. And even if it wasn't a tush push, he'd still be getting in, I'd wager, 90% of the time. Oh, yeah, 100%. Duke could squat 500. There's no doubting that. Right. I'm, I'm, just, say- I'm just saying, like, here, here's my argument. He's one. He's not only is he a dual threat quarterback. I would argue he's one of the best dual threat quarterbacks we've seen. Um, and you can make an. And I, I'm going to piss off a lot of Ravens fans. You can make oh, an argument even better than Lamar Jackson because I think I think Jalen Hurts' uh, passing ability is better than Lamar Jackson's. I don't know where he is, but I know Tuck heard you and Tuck. is cursing at the sky oh, right now. Oh man, he's I'm gonna, gonna. I'm gonna clip that. I'm gonna clip that and send it to the chat later. <laughs> I think. Okay, I I think you could make a case because he's he actually legitimately he wins in the postseason, he wins in the regular season, and he hasn't really gotten hurt. Not not yeah. to the point where it where it hinders his abilities. And we've we haven't really seen something like this where a rushing quarterback can actually win Super Bowls. They had a Russell chance. Wilson? Uh look, I mean, I'll bring he you runs Russ, RPO, a smart he runs speed but, option. He runs I guess read you option. Can, I he guess you but can. see, here's the thing: Russ is a smart scrambler. He's not looking to rip for the touchdown every time. He just gets the first down and then slides or ducks out of bounds. That's why he's not an explosive runner, but he is a runner. Well, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I guess you could, especially earlier on in his career in 2013. Mm-hmm. That that'll be that'll be an exception. But no, no, but Adam, I, I do agree with you though. Like running scramble first quarterbacks or quarterbacks that are known as like true dual threats usually don't win the Super Bowl. 
Right. And no, but, I don't count Patrick Mahomes as a dual threat debate a wall. And there's a and there's a reason Russell Wilson has slowly over his career become more of a pocket passer. And that when he stands in there, he looks more like Peyton Manning than he does look like Russell Wilson right now. Well, yeah, yeah. and Mike Vick did the same thing. Randall Cunningham did the same thing. It's just a uh, it's what every mobile quarterback does. All right. Should we move on? I feel like we should. All right. Uh yeah, cuz we have a couple of a couple more responses. Stephen Parker said Brock Purdy or CMC. And Brock CMC. Purdy Rock, CMC. Brock Purdy is one of the leading candidates right now according to the the ESPN odds. Hmm. So this is what I was just saying Fair. about uh yeah, I was just saying that earlier. And this is the conversation we we're going to have now. So and oh, no. there was someone else there was someone again. else that said uh Brock Purdy or oh, that's the one that you just read. My, my bad. I thought you were looking at uh the one of the guys that said Tyree Kill and CMC. Yeah, there was there was only one person who said Brock Purdy, but Christian yeah. McCaffrey. Um, if there's going, this is this would be no. There's no non quarterback who's favored to win MVP this year. But Man, I feel like this would be BS. the year we'd want that because I think all of the be. leaders right now are it not, should. All of the leaders right now are not that good. Like they, they yeah. don't like they're not having that great of seasons. I know Dak Prescott's having a very good year, but I think if you put him in any other season, he's not even close. Yeah. And same thing if with Dak Brock Prescott Purdy. broke his numbers last year, then no. Same thing with Purdy. He's having a very good year, but not that good. And also, he I'm going to bring up his talent again. He has some unbelievable talent around him. <clears throat> um uh all right. Owen Vanslack said McCaffrey or Hill, but unfortunately, it is a quarterback award. We've Owen Vanslack about- is right. It should be named MV, probably MVQB. Let's let's knew keep you would, it above. I knew you would. It say is it. the Tom Brady MVP award. Literally, Literally yeah. QBs. I understand. Um, I understand why it's been pre- predominantly a quarterback award, but it has gone way the hell in that one direction. But. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a quarterback-driven league. If you're on any of these contending teams, if the quarterback gets hurt, they're not only are their Super Bowl hopes dead, their postseason hopes are almost gone. Like, they may not win another game if that happens. So, like, I understand why it is. So it's kind of just a tough situation to argue. But I think there should be some years where we look at all of the quarterbacks and we say, you know what, let's go for Tyreek Hill, who might just – not only break 2K, but destroy it by like 200 yards. Because every single week, like, it, I mean, with the with the Miami Dolphins right now, if you take two, if you take Tyreek off this roster, then they're not nearly as good. Not nearly as good. Mm. Tua's a, Tua is a just okay quarterback if that happens. Tyreek is on pace to break the receiving yards record as well. That's what I'm saying. He's going to crush it. Yeah. And he's not even getting MVP looks. Yeah. And same thing with Christian McCaffrey, who's having a very good year in his own right. Well, the thing with CMC, he scored a touchdown basically every single game. You might as well just throw it at him at this rate. And you look at, uh, you'll even look at the game this past week. He went off as well. Give me a sec. I pull it up. It was, um, oh my God, I'm killing myself over here. McCaffrey, 17 carries, 93 yards, throw in another touchdown. 
Tyree Kill, the problem that I have with Tyree Kill winning, I, I think it, he deserves MVP just as much as CMC. The problem is if you didn't give Cooper Cup an MVP award when he broke the receiving yards record, why are you going to give it to Tyree Kill? Because Hill's probably going to eclipse 2,000. And I've said this before, and I'll wrap up real quick. The only way a wide receiver can get MVP, because look, let's face it, it takes two to tango. You know, quarterback's got to throw him the ball. Only way wide receiver gets is, A, he breaks a record, and B, he does it with multiple quarterbacks so that one quarterback can't steal all the credit. That's the only way a wide receiver, even as a snowball's chance in hell at winning MVP. And also, if that quarterback, if that quarterback, if all of the production comes from that wide receiver, and he has like two, let's say the the wide receiver has two thousand yards and eighteen touchdowns, touchdown catches, and the quarterback has two thousand yards and eighteen touchdown touchdown passes, then it could be something yeah. like that where he's just terrible without him and he's lost. But like, yeah, yeah I, I get that argument as well. That's actually something I never thought about. But it, it makes a lot of sense because the wide receiver the the wide receiver gets the ball from the quarterback. Um, all right. Next one, Ian Mulhern gave a, gave an interesting one. It got a lot of attention a couple of weeks ago, and I think it needs to be revisited. Got to give it to Stroud, most consistent quarterback. Yeah, but I mean, he's a rookie, and I'm not saying he shouldn't at least be in the conversation. But they never give it to a rookie. Isn't it unbelievable how many guidelines there are that aren't guidelines, but they're just there? The yeah. Well, no, no, I hear you. I do. But unfortunately, that is like unironically how it is. And I'm not saying that because my that's my opinion. I'm saying it because it's the truth. Don't we miss the days of kickers winning MVP? No. Which has happened, happened, by the way. That happened yeah, once. That was when they had the uh, – that was when they had like the NFL replacements or whatever that year. Well, in 2019, when the team actually, I think it was either 2019 or 2020, the Patriots released their MVP of their team, and it was Jake Bailey, which I could not agree with more because Jake Bailey was actually incredible. Yeah. And those 2019 and 2020 teams were ab- absolutely god awful. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Our last one, Isaac. So actually we have two Isaac Zonana. We only have one actually Isaac Zonana said Tua or Tyreek. Um, rather, rather Tyreek. Yeah. Tua. I mean, no. no, I don't know. Remember what Adam said about Brock Purdy. If you believe hmm. what Adam said, then hmm. you can probably make that same argument towards Tua. I don't know who's making that noise, but cut it out. It's me. Okay, cut it out. I will. But yeah, like I said, if you believe Adam about Purdy, then I think the same principle would apply to Tua. Yeah. And we have one more. Benny Dolphin said Hill. Yeah, well, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Everyone said two different answers, which is kind of hard um, to go over. Um, and we already made our argument for Tyreek. And I think... I think if a wide receiver is going to win it, it should be this year. Now, like if like Tua without Tyreek, we've seen him before Tyreek has joined the, the Dolphins. He was nothing to write home about, even as he had another wide receiver one at his disposal at in Jalen Waddle. And now all of a sudden, uh you add Tyreek and 
Tua looks like a pro bowler. That, I mean, you can put two and two together there. It's, I think, I think this would be the year a wide receiver should win league MVP. All right. Um, that's all the content we have. Do you guys have any other thoughts before we end the show tonight? Uh, nope. Nothing for me. All right. Cool. All right. That'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week over and out.